I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. What Drives You is brought to you by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping life and leadership coaches. Visit Ziggler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Yeah. Welcome to What Drives You. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. Thanks for joining me as I talk with today's most influential change makers to uncover what truly drives them and extract the big takeaways from their insights so you can integrate that wisdom and leverage the power of your unique inner drive and wake every day to your authentic, driven, and inspired life. This is our peak wellness show where we give specific focus to our health and wellness, which is the vehicle that drives all we do. In this episode, let's talk about snacking at night, specifically with ice cream. I have on this show, Sean Folkson. He's the founder of Night Food, which is a better, healthier, and more sleep-friendly ice cream. Now, we're not necessarily promoting it. We're not being paid by this. It was just interesting to the real issue that we have of eating late at night, which I'm not advocating eating late at night or eating ice cream. But as you'll hear on the show, the concept is if you're going to anyways, let's find a better option. Randy James, Dr. Randy James and I, we often talk about all of us being creatures of our appetites and we're not going to squelch that. That doesn't work out well. Trying to just cut it out 100% usually leads to failure, but let's upgrade our appetites. That's why I have Sean on the show and he simply felt like if he was going to indulge anyway, could he make it less harmful? More than ice cream, we simply discuss the realities of our own humanity and just our efforts to make better decisions, even if it's a less offensive ice cream than Ben and Jerry's or Haagen-Dazs. I generally try not to eat after dinner, but if I do, or when I do, I strive for the healthier option that can appease my appetite. So I think you'll find some comfort in this show about, well, comfort, food. We're seeking health. We're not seeking to deprive ourselves of every pleasure. You can find Sean and all his tasty treats at nightfood.com. Well, Sean, the reason that you are uh, here with me today is I just dig the premise of, hey, we're eating snack foods. We're going to eat snack foods. So instead of, you know, raising the banner and saying, stop eating at night and be healthy and all this stuff, you're saying, let's just meet you with something better. Cause we talk about that so often. We are creatures of our appetites. And my belief is the only hope is to upgrade those appetites. And that's uh, what you have done. It's just uh, so at first off, it's just, man, congratulations. That's brilliant. 
Well, thank you so much. You know, it's funny because I think what a lot of people don't even come at it like that, Kevin. They they start out asking, why would you make a sleep-friendly ice cream? And they they start with the product. And they're not starting with the problem and not starting with the consumer. And I find that whenever we're able to just get somebody to start where you're starting, which in my opinion is the right starting point, it makes perfect sense. We're not trying to get anybody who's not already snacking at night to start snacking. We're not looking to take anybody who might snack three or four times a week and try to get them to snack six or seven times a week. Mm -hmm. It's just that if you're going to snack at night, which most people do on a pretty regular basis, why not have something that is a better option that you can feel better about and that can, that can work better for you in your lifestyle. And starting there, it makes my life so much easier and I'm starting with a smile because because you get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I do because that's the, well, literally that's been a terminology over the past year as I have become more aware that even in this personal development, self-help, health and wellness industry, we're so often trying to pull people away from these appetites that we have. And I finally got to the point of going, we're not going to, we are creatures of, of our appetites. I spend my day figuring out ways to feed my appetites every minute of every day. I want that dopamine hit as well. But if I can get myself after lunch today to, instead of eating, you know, a bag of chips or a bag of M&Ms to have some dark chocolate covered almonds, I've, I'm still feeding the appetite, but I've upgraded it. And yeah. that's what you have done with this. So t tell me how you, cause I know this came from first off from a personal story of you, you were trying to deal with your own issues. So tell me about you, how you came into this. And I'm still dealing with some issues, but are we all <laughs> as we, exactly as we all are. So yeah, for me, you know, I, 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 I really got the first like Genesis of the idea way back when in as far back as college. Um, I just remember um, waking up in the morning after a night of drinking, mm -hmm. right? And just sometimes I would wake up really early and wired. Other mornings I would sleep in until, you know, it seemed like 11 o'clock or noon. And I started to notice these patterns uh, of depending on what I would drink and what I would eat that I would have different experiences. Yeah. And you know, I think everybody everybody knows what a hangover is, but nobody really thinks about the impact of of the food that we put in our bodies. So that was kind of where the first idea ever came to me about it. But really, that was thirty years ago now, and um, you know, I didn't really think much of it. About eight or nine years after that, I started. You know, in my late twenties, I was still eating the way I had eaten in college, and I was gaining weight. Um, and you know, I think, I think a lot of people in their late twenties and early thirties start to realize that you can't just keep doing things the way you were doing. Yeah. Um, and so at that point I started to, uh, eat better and I started following a, um, a program called body for life. It was a book that was very popular. You're not a Bill Phillips. Yeah. Um, if you went into a Barnes and Noble bookstore, I know some of the people listening here probably don't know what that is, but. If you went into a Barnes & Noble back in 1997 and they had that big pyramid in front yeah. of the best-selling book, this book was there for what seemed like months on end. And it was a huge, huge movement. 
And it really runs contrary to what a lot of people are doing now. Now, intermittent fasting is a really big thing. But Bill Phillips uh, wrote this book, and his premise was you need to keep feeding your your metabolism. You you know, three square meals a day isn't enough. You should be eating six times a day, five or six times a day, smaller meals. Um, and and his premise was, and of course, well, not maybe not. Of course, he was selling a, a line of nutrition bars and shakes called Myoplex, mm -hmm. which I fell in love with. Um, and so the premise was very small breakfast, and then around two two and a half hours later, you'd have a Myoplex uh, shake. You know, a small, healthy, balanced lunch. A couple hours later, you'd have a Myoplex bar. Mm -hmm. uh, a moderate dinner, and then a couple hours later, you'd have another Myoplex bar. So I started doing that. And what happened is when I eliminated a lot of the junk out of my life, I found that I was not falling asleep as easily at night. And and I was also, I was a bachelor. So all I had in the house was energy bars. I didn't have healthy right. stuff other than what was in these wrappers. So I would be up later. And so it was very common for me at night, uh, you know, if I had a dinner at 6, 6.30, 7 o'clock, to eat two or even three of these huge myoplex high protein bars you know, maybe one at nine o'clock, one at 11 and one at, if I was still awake at one or one thirty in the morning, um, because I wasn't able to sleep as well because hello, I'm eating these workout bars as part of the problem, high, super high protein. So at that point, and this was, um, this was in the late nineties, I started looking online. There was, I don't, you know, Google, some people use Google. Most people still use Yahoo. Yeah. So I was on Yahoo and I was looking for, you know, what should you eat at night? If you're going to snack at night, what's better for sleep? And, and there, there was definitely some information out there, but there was no products, right? And there were, there were, there were bars for golfers. There were bars for ballet dancers. There were bars, you know, nutrition bars for all different kinds of things. There was a product called belly bar for pregnant women. Mm -hmm. Um, but there was nothing for nighttime. And I, I just, I kind of filed it away. I didn't really, um, do anything with it because I was an industry outsider, but the idea at that time came to me uh, that that this could be a product and shortly or, or right or really around that time uh low carb was getting big dr mm. atkins the atkins oh uh, yeah and so i actually i was working in manhattan i had my own internet marketing company and i actually reached out to dr atkins um and i said hey you know i do the atkins diet it's really inconvenient when you're out and about um you know and even at home you have to cook bacon like five times this day <laughs> or stayed, right so, so I said, Hey, it would be really cool if there were prepackaged products that people could grab that would allow them to, you know, stay in this low carb thing. He, he never wrote back. I, I did have a meeting with, with a guy in the food business about launching a low carb line of snacks. It didn't go anywhere. And sure enough, four or five years later, 2002, 2003, low carb packaged foods is now a multi-billion dollar oh, yeah. category. And again, I felt, well, you know, I'm an internet marketing guy. What do I know? So I put the idea on the back burner again. And around 2008, 2009, I got to the point, I started to hear more about sleep issues becoming like an epidemic. Absolutely. Um, obviously, um, you know, snacking was also on the rise. I think social media, you know, contributes to that quite a bit. And at that point, I realized that this category to me seemed inevitable. This nighttime nutrition, this sleep friendly, like if you're going to snack at night, here's what that should be. So at that point, I, I, I divested of my uh, company. I sold my share to my partners. And I decided that I was going to put my life into this because being such a nighttime snacker myself, 
I knew this was going to be a billion dollar category. And I was either going to be the guy on the cover of the magazine, or I was going to be his best customer. Yeah. And I didn't want to, everybody's had ideas, right? That they haven't acted on. And then you see it a week later, or, oh, hey, that guy stole my idea. And everybody laughs about it and you just move on with your life. But this was an idea that was with me for 20 years, pretty much. And I don't know how I could have lived with myself sitting by and not just going for it. Awesome. Awesome. That's the best story of entrepreneurship that exists. I love that statement. I actually wrote, I'm going to, I'm going to use that because I, I have an endeavor right now, uh, a, a side project that I feel like that. I'm either going to be the guy in the magazine who does it, or I'll be right. the best customer. I just want it to exist because it just right. makes so much sense. And I appreciate you also, yeah, saying, you know, if you're going to snack, I mean, what would be best for most people have a good healthy dinner at six or whatever, and don't eat. But the reality is my reality is that seldom happens. And so I'm going right. to go for, again, I've upgraded my appetite. And so instead of the junk that I used to go eat, it's going to be hopefully like chocolate covered, dark chocolate covered almonds or just nuts or something of that, uh, of that aspect. I like the premise that you guys come into with cavemen taught us right. about explain that. Well, so, so what it boils down to is that, you know, Research shows that our cravings and our appetite increase as it gets later in the day. And it's it's believed, it's widely accepted, I think, that it, this is a survival mechanism, mm -hmm. right? We're about to undergo this long fast, this long period without access to food. The next day, theoretically, you might wake up and have to go find food. You might have to go right. hunt a zebra or pick berries or whatever, right? Before civilization, you know, this is this is how we existed. And so, uh, any, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to, I don't, you know, any, any people or any cavemen that didn't stock up on, on fuel, put, putting fuel inside your body means consuming calories. Yeah. And the most efficient way to consume calories is not through carrot sticks and celery. Those are what's called nutrient dense foods, which you could also call energy inefficient. Okay. The most energy efficient foods are fats, sweets. Because for a little bit, you're putting a ton of calories inside your body. Yeah. So that's why at night, our cravings increase. And the same thing happens. You look at bears in the springtime when bears come out of hibernation, they're eating uh, grass and you know they're, they're like an herbivore. They're eating uh, uh, shrubs and, and, and things like that. And as it gets towards the fall, when they're about to go into hibernation, they're looking for the fattiest, most energy dense. That's when they're eating uh, more fish. And bears will put on hundreds of pounds yeah. before hibernation because if they don't, they will not make it through and they won't be able to come out. And so humans carry a lot of that same biological programming and and to make believe that it doesn't exist, like you say, right? I mean, we have to feed our appetite. Now, you know, you talked about, you know, it would be great if people would have their, their dinner and then not snack again. You know, the, the other thing to keep in mind is that we're staying up way later than our biological programming would indicate that we should. True, yeah. Um, so, so that's also contributing. Uh, and it's unrealistic to think that people are going to start to go to bed when the sun goes down. So this problem is not going to go away. We're, we're hardwired, you know, to crave and to consume and to, to fill up on as many calories as we can. It's literally a survival mechanism, but now it's totally working against us because we have not evolved out of that just because we now have smartphones and 
and TVs in every bedroom and stuff like that. Like yeah. that does not happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't get up in the morning, head out the door and go hunt and gather and burn some calories. Instead, we get in the car, open the garage door with the automatic opener, get in the car, go to work, get in the escalator, go to our desk and sit there and don't yeah. move at all, which that does bode well for you. Yeah, the intermittent fasting, because my gosh, you ate till you went to bed last night. I mean, on a good night, I'm going to bed at about nine on oh, a, and you know, that's not, that's not, that's not, more. no, that last night was very odd for me. And I was just having fun with the family. I was up till about 11 and I was right. eating. Matter of fact, I was having night food. You'll appreciate that. I had that. Oh mint chocolate and i finally tasted because i just didn't even have an interest in it in trying it but i finally tasted the pickle that's impressive (laughs) my wife was duly impressed that somebody made pickle ice cream and it was actually good and she ate i think half the thing uh so yeah super super impressive so yeah with you know with the how did you come into picking ice cream specifically because obviously you could have gone after you know chips nuts uh whatever Friends, I'm pretty candid about my lack of financial prowess. Money and numbers are fairly Greek to me, so I need a lot of guidance. One of my closest friends is a wildly successful wealth manager, and I'm working on some financial literacy and just continually seeking guidance. So I ask you to check out yahoofinance.com. Nobody knows it all, and Yahoo Finance is an incredible resource for the rookies like me or the seasoned investors. You know, before my dad passed away recently, Dave Ramsey and his wife, Sharon, flew down to visit. We all got to spend a day together. And I was at yahoofinance.com just now. I saw multiple news flashes from Dave and other people that you respect. And they were hitting so many of the hottest areas in finance today. So it's a place to get a snapshot of all aspects of your financial interests. And if you have them, your portfolios. I hadn't realized Yahoo Finance is the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. So for your comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. One more time. YahooFinance.com. I live high up in the Rocky Mountains where the air is clean and fresh as possible, but then I step indoors and I'm breathing in untold amounts of toxins and allergens from paint and carpet and cleaning chemicals and pets and furniture and appliances and mold and so on. Studies show the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air anywhere you are. And in some places, it's a hundred times worse than that. Well, the solution is to get an air purifier and air doctor is just the best out there. It filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen and pet dander and dust mites and mold and even bacteria and viruses so your lungs don't have to try to do that. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee so if you don't love it just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com. You can use the promo code Kevin and depending on the model you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get the special deal, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. Use promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. 
I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. How did you come into picking ice cream specifically? Because obviously you could have gone after, you know, chips, nuts, yeah. Uh, whatever. Yeah, well, so so we didn't start with ice cream. So I, I like I mentioned those Myoplex bars, I right. was a bar myself. And so when we launched, we launched with nutrition bars and they were great and I loved them and they were part of my life. Um, and consumers liked them too. The feedback was great and consumers liked the idea of having a better, healthier nighttime snack. But we're, we're, what we found, and we spent, I think it was about seven or eight years and I always wanted to get into ice cream. My, my thinking was always, Kevin, that when the bars get to a certain level, then we can add ice cream to the mix. And the bars never got to that level. And we spent years and, and, and a lot of money. And we kept thinking, oh, maybe the problem is this. Maybe the problem is that. And we pivoted a couple of times. We changed the formulation. We changed the packaging. We changed the messaging. But what I think it came down to is that uh, it was just too much of a heavy format change for people hmm. to switch from, you know, the people out there that, that are making the least healthy choices are eating cookies, chips, candy, and ice cream. Those are the top four Ice cream is number two, but those are the top four things that people are eating. What was, what was number What was number one? What'd you say? Salty chips. snacks. So okay. chips, popcorn, right? Things Got like it. that. Pretzels. Um, salty snacks is number one. Ice cream is number two. Then cookies and candy. So the challenge that we had with the bars was that I think people felt like they were making too much of a sacrifice. And so the feedback we would get very commonly was, I liked the way the bars tasted. They kept me away from the junk. Um, I did feel satisfied, but I didn't have the most mind-blowing night of sleep like I was expecting and hoping for, and therefore, I'm giving you two thumbs down, I'm telling all my friends never to buy your product, and you should you should just go jump in the lake. Wow. Like, like, they were, like, they were expecting an unrealistic experience from a food product, and that was their whole motivation to, to try the bars. And so, what we, what we ultimately discovered is that the getting somebody to switch from a pint of Ben and Jerry's to a night food nutrition bar, there's a huge amount of friction getting them to switch from a pint of Ben and Jerry's, uh, to, to a pint of night food. There's much less friction. They're in the format that they like. It's the taste, it's the texture, it's the experience. And so two things, one is people got a lot more excited about the ice cream. The other thing is that now the reviews are the inverse, right? So it's like, I love the ice cream. It tasted great. It kept me away from the junk. And here's where it gets interesting. It'll be like, I don't know that I necessarily slept any differently, but because it tasted so good, because it was so much healthier, because I know there's the ingredients in there for better sleep, 
this is now something that I can get behind on a regular basis. Wow. So whereas before they were holding us to this standard that that you really can't do in a food product. I mean, you can't put drugs or, you know, there's only so much you can do. You can put magnesium and, and zinc and, and we can talk about, you know, what's in night food that makes it different. But, you know, it's, it's not going to overcome like, you know, a whole day of drinking coffee and not getting exercise and not getting sunlight. It's just a step in the right direction. And so, whereas people were, were demanding that if they were going to make the sacrifice to a bar with the ice cream, um, it's a much more, I think, luxurious and indulgent type of experience. And so the, the, it's enough for people to know that they're doing the right thing and that they're consuming something that's better. And, you know, some nights you're going to sleep a lot better. Some nights there's 10,000 things that impact how we sleep yeah. and we can't overcome all of those. Um, and by taking that burden off of the product and allowing people to have a little bit more fun in a category they like, we're seeing just tons more interest and, and, and a lot more traction. Man, I, again, Sean, that's why you're here. I so appreciate your perspective on, in essence, the behavioral psychology of our wellness pursuits. That's what I'm so interested in in as we look at this because it's one thing to say hey here's the perfect scenario it's the other thing for us all to adhere to it and i like you saying too much friction how often do we have these initiatives these goals that we want for ourselves and we make a commitment to xyz whatever exercise regime whatever diet regime and there's just too much friction that's a great word and you have lessened that yeah it's interesting from a even a business standpoint for you to look at that and go, gosh, here's the sacrifice and the satisfaction, the payoff wasn't big enough for it. And so right. we didn't achieve what we're going to do. But, you know, again, looking just at the health and wellness industry, man, that's so interesting. It's got to have you looking at other categories at this point yeah. of going, how can we help people? Because they're trying to make these jumps and there's too much friction. Yeah, I mean, even, even um, you know, there's times when we'll hear from people, um, you know, I, I was talking to somebody, we were looking to hire somebody, uh, and I was I was doing an interview this week, and, you know, she said, well, I'm more of a chip person, like, I, like, she liked the idea of night food, but she's, she couldn't get as excited about it, because she's not eating ice cream at night, so, so the people who get most excited about what we do are people that where ice cream is in their rotation, right? because uh, they get it. You know, somebody that's not snacking at night or somebody that's eating chips, they're not going to get as excited. So it's 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 understandable that, you know, even if something better exists out there, if people perceive that the sacrifice of somebody who likes chips, you know, even though it's still ice cream or candy, right? Mm -hmm. Just it, it, they just can't bring themselves to to make some of these sacrifices. And it's human nature. You know, I'm the same way. I'm not. At, and, and, and it's just. You know, we want people to be pragmatic about it. And it's funny because, you know, we built a great scientific advisory board. We've got some of the leading sleep uh, experts really in the world on our team. But at first, you know, I, I, I did reach out to a few people at the beginning and they're like, hey, people shouldn't be snacking at night, dude. What are you doing? Right? Like, like you can't endorse this. You can't co-sign this behavior. And I said, look, if you want to start a company that's going to get everybody to stop snacking at night, go ahead. But, but this is my way to help people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. Cause sometimes we feel like we're trying to more and more just sell nothing. Don't, you know, yeah. don't eat, 
Don't right. snack at night. Don't don't breathe through your mouth. Don't do this whole list of don'ts. And then over here again, realizing that we are so appetite driven. That's where I want to look at how can we replace all of these things with a healthier option, even if it's on our way to a bigger goal over here. But yeah, with you again, lessening the friction. Now, obviously from a, we have the you know, back in however many years ago when we hit the low fat or, or even just low calorie craze and yeah. you come out with, here's the cookies with all the fat and sugar and calories. Here's the low fat. And we had obviously people taking that and going, well, they're awesome. Now I'll just eat two packages of the thing. Right. Obviously we can still have that with what you've got with the knife. It was somebody overdoing that. Hey, but you, you know, on that, I mean, there are some big brands out there, as you know, that have hit the ice cream shelves with the low calorie type thing. Hey, with this one, you can eat the whole pint. You guys, what's that? Some of these guys putting that right on the packaging. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In the bottom, right? Yeah. So when you looked at that, I mean, to some degree, as far as calorie to calorie, you guys are similar to those, but again, you didn't really go after I don't even know if that's really in your branding, is it? It's talking about the calories? We, we do have the calorie count call out on the front, but the okay. main the main differentiation is sleep friendly. And, and we're not looking to encourage people to consume any more uh, than they might otherwise. Um, you know, what, what what we're tapping into is is a really interesting discovery that that people that are snacking at night feel guilty about it. And, and that's really heartbreaking because... You know, the, the, you're, you're driven to consume, right? You're you're hardwired, mm -hmm. and then you feel like you screwed up. And this is not a once in a while thing for a lot of people. This is like three, four, six, seven nights a week for decades as an adult. And people are making these bad choices, and they're feeling like, oh, I can't believe I screwed up again. Because you you can screw up a whole day of healthy eating in like six minutes. Yeah, and and people do it all the time, right? And then you feel like a little piece of you died. And then you say, well, tomorrow will be different. I'll do it. I'll be better tomorrow. And tomorrow you're not better. And you feel like a screw up. I think, I know I did many nights and I still do sometimes. Um, and it, it's a little disheartening. So I think that, you know, from our perspective, that's what we're looking to do. I think it's, it's if people want to eat a whole pint, it's fine because that's their choice. Uh, we're not going to encourage that. Um, it is you know, about the same calories in a pint of night food as there is in a single serving of like a Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. Um, you know, the fat is even less in a full pint of night food than a whole, than a single serving of Ben and Jerry's. Um, it, you know, so it's, um, it's okay if that's what they want to do, but, but we're not promoting on that. You know, the guilt that comes with it is really acute and, and it also lasts over time. And a study just came out like three or four weeks ago and it said that people who snack at night, if they felt guilty about their choices, they were much less productive at work the next day than if they were okay with their choice. So in other words, if I ate a whole pint of Ben and Jerry's and I was like, I don't care, I'm just gonna eat the Ben and Jerry's, screw it, I'm good with it. And you ate like two Oreo cookies or even a, two spoonfuls of Ben and Jerry's and you felt guilty, then Theoretically, you would be less productive. So the guilt is actually more. Now, I don't know the, uh, about about the validity of the study, but I know that the guilt, and we've surveyed people, we've surveyed, we ran a Harris call. People feel guilty, and it's unfortunate because this is biologically driven behavior, 
And at night, it's a perfect storm. We didn't talk about it. We talked about the cavemen. So we talked about the cravings. We talked about the appetite, the satiety mechanism. If you have a hard-boiled egg at 8 a.m. compared to 8 p.m., it's going to fill you up more. Same thing if you have a Snickers bar. Whatever you eat in the morning, it's more, it's more satisfying. At night, you've got that working against you, and your willpower is at its low point throughout yeah. the, the whole day. You're, you get exhausted from making, trying to make good decisions all day. So it is kind of a perfect storm. And, and so what we're focusing on is the guilt and, and letting people know that they made the right choice. We're not trying to rally people up to eat a whole pint of ice cream if that's, if that's not their MO. Well, man, again, looking at, you're taking, looking at guilt specifically, I am on board with you. I mean, my gosh, if we back up with a 10,000 or 100,000 foot view and look at America and say we have more access to the best information on health and wellness than ever. And every day we're on that hockey stick increase on every single chronic illness and disease out there. So it's obviously, it's not an ingredient problem. It's not a knowledge problem. I think it is, it's a behavioral problem. We look at guilt with there, I I think it's, it's significant. And so when we're looking at these choices, then we're looking at fat and calories and sugar, and you're looking at, no, how do we feel? about those choices and how does that affect us? Yeah. How does that affect our sleep? Even if it's, if we, if we remove the caloric aspect and say, look, if we could just change your mindset, man, Sean, that, that's, that's uh, such bigger thinking. And yeah, it's, again, it's, well, so I'll ask are, what other categories or I was gonna say categories of food, but we could look at this overall in health and wellness on every category of addressing it possible. How are we addressing how we feel. So yeah, what are are you looking at other categories right now? Yeah, so so from our focus, I mean, it's all about nighttime nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and we are looking at other categories. You know, it is something so platforming, you know, that's what it's called. Like I think kind bar just introduced an ice cream. Oh. Um, you know, so I say kind bar, but kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind yeah, bar. yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of brands out there that that platform Kind Bar is not one of them. The platform too early. Um, you know, it's it's very uh, difficult and expensive to start spreading out those resources until you're really well established. Um, but you know, something really interesting is going on in that we're 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 um, we're talking to and in a retail test with a national hotel chain, um, uh, not a chain, but a but a, a a brand, right? Right. So underneath that, they've got. 10, 15, 20 different banners, you know? Um, and so they're testing night food ice cream in their locations That's uh, for br- sale. Brilliant. I, I love the concept. Yeah. Yeah. We were pushing really hard pre-COVID. We were pushing really hard on the hotel industry and we were super close to getting some big things done. And then COVID hit and right. of all the industries, that's one that really, you know, shut, shut every, you know, just kind of tightened everything up and didn't want to really talk about anything new. Um, so that's a scenario, you know, if we were to get um, into the hotels, which I think we will, and, you know, that's a scenario. So launching multiple formats in retail is really challenging and expensive. You've got slotting fees, you've got multiple category managers that you need to sell to, and then you need to drive the consumer to these different locations. And it's, it just spreads you too thin. So if we were to do new formats, um, you know, and we're looking at everything, I mean, I know you asked. so. Cookies, chips, candy, cereal, um, you know, all the things that people like to eat at night. I love a bowl of cereal at night. Um, all the things that people like to eat, 
you know, you see it with energy foods, right? There was energy drinks first, and and then you know we started to see things like energy candies, uh, energy gum, energy waffles, energy pancakes. Now, um, energy bars, of course. I don't know how I left that one out. So you know, all you're doing is you're taking a snack. There's energy chips out there, right? All you're doing is you're taking what people want to eat, and you're you're just you're. I don't know. Engineering is probably a, like it almost seems like a bad word these days, but but you're looking at how can we take the thing that people are otherwise going to eat anyway and make it more appropriate for what they're about to do in the next hour or two or three after they eat that. What is your so even backing off of your specific business, your specific product, and, and you just talked about engineering. Uh, no. I like the word. I mean, we are trying to figure out how do we engineer our own health and, and wellness. So if we back off even, you know, nighttime food and sleep and, and whatnot, and just put you here on a panel of health and wellness. And as I talk of, as we talk about chronic illness and disease, how are you, what is your, your, your ta- flavor, if we will use that of addressing that? Like, where do you see the primary problem? Because again, what I see is we have every reason to be at our absolute healthiest, happiest, and we're absolutely the opposite. And so yeah. where are you seeing that? Well, I, look, I mean, sleep is the single most important function. I think I can just, sleep is the single most important function, period. Agreed. So everything good happens. You know, there's a reason that that as a species, you know, we dedicate you know, 30, 33% of our existence to this thing that otherwise, I mean, it's risky, right? You're exposed to danger bears or, or rattlesnakes. Um, and yet we spend, you know, eight hours a day, you know, just doing this thing. And it's really a very important process. So if we can help people sleep better, and that happens by first, you know, there's addition by addition and there's addition by subtraction. Right. So, you know, compared to uh, uh, Ben and Jerry's or a Talenti or, or Haagen-Dazs, you know, where we want to get strip out a lot of the fat, a lot of the sugar, a lot of the calories. Those things are very sleep disruptive uh, when consumed before bed. Um, we want to do things that are sleep supportive and sleep friendly. So more protein uh, to a point, more prebiotic fiber, which is very important for the gut microbiome, uh, calcium, magnesium, we add uh uh, extra zinc, vitamin B6. These are things that are found um, in regular ice creams, uh, but not at the levels that we have um, formulated. So, you know, we're, we're if, if we can help people sleep a little bit better every night or on any nights that they snack through our products, we can make a huge difference. That incremental, th- there's nothing... I don't know that there's anything singularly that you can do other than help people sleep better for better health. Because when you do sleep better, what happens the next day is your appetite is more controlled, your cravings diminish, you have better energy levels, you're able to make clearer decisions, your relationships are better, you know, you're not as cranky, you're not, uh, you know, you're able to better manage risk and risky behaviors and risky decisions, you know, you're safer at the job or driving. I mean, I don't know that there's a single bigger lever that you can pull, you know, other than helping people sleep better through, um, you know, not through like a, a, a prescription drug that's going to, you know, yeah. drug people out and knock them out. But if you can help them get their natural night's sleep with less disruption and more support, that's, a, that's just a huge lever that we're able to pull. 
I mean, I don't know that there's a single bigger lever that you can pull, you know, other than helping people sleep better through, um, you know, not through like a, a, a prescription drug that's going to, you know, yeah. drug people out and knock them out. But if you can help them get their natural night's sleep with less disruption and more support, that's, a, that's just a huge lever that we're able to pull. So let me go ask further, just personally, give us your other advocacies, if I can say, on healthy sleep, even the things that you do in your own home with yeah. you, your wife, your kids, yourself. Yeah. So I keep, oh, this is not video, right? I keep these glasses. These are blue light glasses. Yeah. So when I'm working at night, which is, which is fairly frequent. Yep. Got mine um, too. You know, I, I, I've got dimmers in my, in my office where I work so that I can diminish the amount of light that I take in at night as it gets closer to bed. Um, those are two of the main things. I mean, we, I have a sound machine in my, in my bedroom. We have blackout, um, uh, you know, shutters. Yeah. So there's no light that comes in. I could be in my room at, uh, at two in the afternoon. Nobody would, you wouldn't know if it was day or night. Um, you know, those are the things that I do, uh, to help with my sleep. Um, there, there's other things that, that, um, that people can do. I mean, you know, whether it's taking a shower or a bath in the evening, um, you know, uh, reading a book instead of being, see, but I, I, right. I'm on my phone, right. Right up until bedtime. It's the last thing I turn off, which I know is a no, no, Yeah. but you know, it's, it's, it's just part of my mix. Yeah. You know? Well, I appreciate what you said. If you could just do something a little bit better, you know, yeah. with culturally, that's huge. If we can make a 0.001% chance or, or change, uh, it's, I had Kara Golden on uh, one of my podcasts. Yeah, with Hint Water. And that was kind of her perspective. If I can just get people drinking my flavored water instead of the soda with the sugar or the chemicals, either way, and make a 5% difference. I mean, how dramatic would that be? Well, let me, you know, on your aspect of nutrition for sleep, I'll just ask you again, personally, I'll, you know, what are some of the other things that you do for your own nutrition outside of your healthier snacking uh, option? Yeah. So me personally, like yeah. my life, yeah. um, you know, I, I've tried a lot of things over the years. I think, you know, the thing that, that works for me best is just watching my macros and counting my macros. Um, it was, it was, it was a tricky thing to start, you know, weighing every, every, piece of chicken breast or every spring bean. Um, but I have this macro track on my phone. I use it every single day. Um, I can tell you how many, how many grams are in the eggs that the supermarket sells, wow. um, and, and everything. So for me, that makes it real easy. I, I know I've read about macro tracking years and I even signed up for program years before I started it. And I just, it just felt, you know, we talked about a friction before it felt like a lot of friction. But when I started, when I actually committed to it and I started doing it, it felt very empowering because, you know, I can have as much ice cream as I want at night, or I can have a cookie, um, I can have a banana. As long as it fits inside of those macros, um, it's fine. And what it's forced me to do or helped me do is I, I do tend to eat a lot more vegetables with this because um, it helps me get through the day. Um, on the macros, it's much more filling on fewer calories. So the quality, I think when people hear, Hey, yeah, as long as it fits your macros, yeah, you can have the Ben and Jerry's or you can have, you know, a bag of, a bag of, uh, Doritos or whatever. And I think people think that macros is about just 
eating an appropriate amount of junk food. But what I personally found was it really helped me make much, much healthier choices as well as manage my portion control. And most importantly, of course, the ratio of my macronutrient intake. Yeah. I saw you guys recent, I, th I think it was recently, are the, what was it? The uh, uh, official ice cream of the, what is the American Pregnancy Association, something like that? Something like that. Yeah, which which is what ties in, and that's the reason we created the the pickle flavor. Okay. Um, okay. So so yeah, we we what we what happened was you know we formulated night food all about sleep. Yeah. Right. And I mentioned a lot of the things you know less sugar, fewer calories, more fiber, more protein, more magnesium, calcium, zinc, and so um, about a year, a little over a year ago, I started you know I was going through Instagram one Saturday and I saw. I must have seen a couple of pregnant women sitting there with their pint of night food on their belly with the spoon, you know, watching TV or just just hanging out. And I was like, you know, that's interesting. I, you know, I wonder. Obviously, pregnant women eat a lot of ice cream. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's not so. That's that's another thing that's actually true. It's not just like a TV thing. Like ice cream is literally the number one pregnancy craving. Okay, so. So I said, I wonder, you know, these these nutritional decisions that we made, how does it line up with, you know, what the experts say about what pregnant women should be doing? And what we found, you know, we looked at uh, the Mayo Clinic and the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, the American Pregnancy Association. And what we found was there's no shortage of advice on what you should be doing as a pregnant woman. Yeah. And night food doesn't have everything. I mean, we don't have extra folic acid, for instance, or or choline. Um but, but a lot of the decisions that we made really line up and it lines up much better than any other ice cream out there. And so we reached out to the American Pregnancy Association. We said, hey, you know, here's what we're doing. What do you think? And they loved it. You talked about all the things that people are being told not to do, yeah. right? Don't do this, don't do that. Pregnant women, as much as anybody, are, are probably hit with some of that stuff. I mean, they, there's no wine, there's no sushi, there's no deli meat. Um, and here was something that the APA could really get behind because here it was like, Hey, ice cream is the number one pregnancy craving. You know, everybody's trying to avoid the stuff. The, the OBGYNs out there are telling people to eat low fat frozen yogurt, which is typically really high in sugar. Oh, totally. You no know, gestational diabetes is, is a huge problem. And so they, they really were able to get behind it. They're like, wow, this is awesome. They tried the ice cream. They did their research on the ingredients and, and it all just came together. And then I was like, okay, how do we promote this? And that's when the idea of the pickle flavored ice cream came to me. Yeah. And we, we intentionally announced it on April 1st last year because we wanted people to think that maybe we were just joking. Um, <laughs> or we weren't joking. And now we actually did it just for the buzz and, and to get pregnant women talking. But then when Walmart, uh, you know, we were talking to Walmart over the summer because they now put us in over a thousand stores. Yeah. We didn't even present the pickle flavor. Um, we weren't even considering putting it in retail, to be honest. And the buyer at Walmart, the day we announced uh, on our Instagram, he sent me a screenshot of the announcement of the pickle flavor being available. He said, how come you didn't put this on your new item request forms? I said, well, it's really just for, you know, online. And he goes, this would be great. Now, Walmart, of course, and Target and all the major retailers, getting those pregnant consumers in the store on a regular basis, that's a huge high value. Yeah. I mean, nothing against like, you know, 32 year old bachelors, but those pregnant households are really where it's at for the retail. So Walmart really took a liking to what we're doing. Obviously, you know, they want the pregnant women in their registry, you know, doing their baby registries and buying everything that they need and just building up that habit. So they were very excited. And, um, 
we're doing we're launching a major campaign in the next uh, little bit here um uh called the the uh, pickle ice cream challenge so we're hopefully going to get a lot of people out there like yourself being like i don't know i don't want to try it i kind of want to try it i'm curious <laughs> record yourself eating it record your reaction maybe you hated it maybe you loved it it's all good because we got a lot of great flavors that we know everybody likes um, so if the pickle ice cream gets them talking, if it gets them walking into that Walmart because they want to try it, yeah. that's great. But, but the pregnancy piece is really interesting for us because consumers talk and they share information, but within that pregnancy community, maybe more than any, there's, there seems to be a sisterhood that goes on mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm by far an outsider, of course, and I respect that, but what we've observed and, and there's research about this, you know, when, when, the pregnant women are out there, they're looking and they're absorbing information. And then there's other women out there that are in the community that, you know, maybe they just gave birth or maybe they're eight or nine months in and they're sharing information. There's just a tremendous amount of, of information seeking and information sharing. And it's a stage of life where people are hyper motivated to optimize their nutrition, right? I mean, what's more important than doing what's best for the baby yeah. at the same time that these cravings for this unhealthy stuff is even higher than it is at night. Yeah. So so you talk about that conflict and that guilt that could come with making the wrong decisions and the ability to actually help and support that is is just massive for us. And then it's one thing to be named the official ice cream of the American Pregnancy Association. It's quite another thing to actually become the official ice cream of pregnant women across the country. And that's what we're on the cusp of doing. And once we get there, you know, there's 10,000 new women entering pregnancy every day, more than 10,000, and they're seeking information. And it's just, it's a great entry point for us to get into those households. Yeah. Obviously, after mom and baby come back from the hospital, they're still going to be eating ice cream. Night food can be a staple in those households for forever. Um, but that is, for us, we think that is a huge thing. It's it's taking a long time to, to um, build up to that tipping point. But I think we will get there. And when we get there, it's going to be an amazing, amazing thing for our brand. Yeah, I'm just thinking you just stick the prenatal vitamin in there and just the, they're set. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we are and we are looking at ingredients that are that are that are specifically beneficial for everybody, but specifically recommended for pregnancy. Yeah. And as long as it's not at conflict, like we don't want to be a pregnancy ice cream alone at right. the expense of you and me and you know teenagers or older people or you know, only 1% of the population is pregnant at any point in time. So it's very important for us to, okay, how can we optimize this for everybody? So what ingredients that are good for pregnancy are also good for anybody, healthy for anybody and good for sleep. Yep. So that's one of the prisms that we've been looking at ingredients through as we, as we always evolve our formulations and recipes. Yeah. I, I want like the endurance athlete uh, category of that. Cause, uh, we like our ice cream as well, man. I've, I've way too much Ben and Jerry's, uh, through my cycling well, career. You sleep a little bit better. That takes care of that part of it. Totally. Know? Totally. Wait, what is the most popular flavor for you guys? The most popular flavor. I don't know if I should say that it's not my favorite. Um, and it's not even in my top three, but the most popular flavor is cookies and dreams by far cookies. And, and um, well, I shouldn't say by far. Mint chip is is a close second, actually. That's what I had last night. Yeah, I, that's that's my favorite. Um, I love the I love the mint chip. I love uh, the the midnight chocolate and the cherry eclipse. Those are my personal three favorites. But the um, 
the cookies and dreams. I think it's got a great name. Um, I think, uh, uh, cookies and cream is, is always a very popular flavor. Um, so, so that is, that is our number one seller. So where is, you mentioned Walmart has it in a thousand stores. So obviously this is, you know, this show is heard all across the country. Where are the primary places people can find it? Well, so, um, Walmart is, is in a thousand stores. We're in, um, uh, a Kroger division called Harris Teeter, which is yeah. in the Carolinas and through the mid Atlantic. Uh, it's a couple of hundred, 260 stores. We're in a couple of Albertsons divisions in New England, which is Shaw's, and in Chicago, which is Jewel Osco. We're in Central Market in Texas, which is in uh, uh, the five biggest cities in Texas. Um, Rouse is down in the Gulf Coast, Lowe's Foods in the Carolinas, and a couple more places. So geographically, uh, Walmart has us in a, a lot of California stores, a lot of Texas, a lot of Florida, the Pacific Northwest in and around Chicago, in and around the Carolinas. So those are geographically the big um, the big areas where we have the most distribution right now. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm voting for something in Colorado. So uh, yeah, we would love it. Um, we were, we, I was, I was hoping, you know, Colorado, we get a lot of increase from Colorado. We get, and we get a lot of inquiries, of course, from, from uh, the New York area. I think those are the two markets that we don't have any distribution in where we've, we've got the most latent you know, built up uh, yeah. demand. And, and we've got a lot of investors out there and they're out there, you know, turning these for, you know, we're a publicly traded company. Yeah. And so the investors are turning in their paper forms to the, you know, to the stores, uh, whether it's uh, Lucky's or or uh, King Supers yeah. or Northeast at Stop and Shop. And, you know, it's only a matter of time. We, we've got probably seven or 8,000 shareholders out there and more every day. With, with the Walmart distribution, we're seeing a lot more people that, are trying the ice cream, learning about us, and then coming in and investing. So uh, we're hopeful that uh, between the hotel initiative and some of the other stuff that, you know, all the major markets hopefully will be covered by this time next year. Yeah. Well, I'll be waiting for it. Thank goodness for dry ice and the case that you guys sent me. I enjoyed it significantly. Well, man, Sean, thank you again. I just appreciate the perspective on how can we meet people where they are uh, yeah. with, a health and wellness and a, and a better option. So thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for taking the time to be on here. And I'm a fan. My pleasure, Kevin. It was a lot of fun and I, uh, I enjoyed it. I can't wait, uh, can't wait to let everybody know that they can tune in and check it out. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in as we all work to leverage the power of our unique inner drive and awake every day to our authentic driven and inspired lives. Again, my guest, Sean Folkson and his treats, night food treats, are at nightfood.com. Uh, you can find them in a lot of hotels these days, actually. If you appreciate the podcast, it'd be great if you would gift us, give us a rating on Spotify, give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. You can find this show and subscribe on YouTube. Find me at Kevin Miller CEO, and that's also Kevin Miller CEO, where you'll find all the uh, social media. If you want to learn how to master your own inner drive, check out my book, What Drives You on Amazon. And until next time, stay driven. Yeah.